Welcome to an enlightening podcast from IslamPodcasts.com. We encourage our listeners to please comment and let us know how we can grow in our knowledge to better serve our community. Please remind your family and friends to also visit IslamPodcasts.com for engaging discussions on current events, Islamic guidance, Quran, Tafsir, Sira, and much more. Um, inshallah, today, uh, today's topic in the Sira session will be uh, regarding uh, Sulah Hudaybiyah or the Treaty of Hudaybiyah. Um, it's, a, it's a very important topic and uh, unfortunately, the very same topic has been uh, incorrectly used quite a bit among the Muslims. But uh, besides that, uh, there are a lot of lessons for, uh, for the Muslims, uh, for us to learn from uh, the Treaty of Hudaybiyah. And it is actually uh, a turning point for uh, in the seerah of Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam, and we see how the da'wah changed uh, its course because of this treaty. Uh, and uh, that treaty, uh, at one point, seemingly uh, looked uh, look to be against the Muslims for for some of the the Sahaba even, uh, but uh, in reality there was a clear victory. And inshallah, when we will go over this topic, we will see how uh, what the importance of this uh, treaty as well as uh, how it uh, became a clear victory for the for the Muslims. So uh, we talked about uh, last week uh, uh, regarding the Ghazwa uh, to Bani Mustaraf and. Uh, Besides that, there were some few uh, more uh, battles that happened after after that ghazwa. And uh, then about for two months, Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam stayed in Medina in the year 6 Hijrah. And uh, the beginning of uh, the uh, beginning of Dhul Qadr, uh, of the sixth year of after Hijrah of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, uh, Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam uh, saw a dream and in that dream, Rasulullah was shown that uh, he uh, that he has entered into the Haram uh, uh, in, in Mecca and with his with the Sahaba, and he was performing the uh, Umrah there. And uh, uh, also, he was shown in the dream that uh, uh, the, the heads were shaved uh, uh, and hair were cut off, and hair were cut off. Uh, and Rasulullah when he uh, told the Sahaba regarding this dream, there was uh, a, a joyous moment for the Sahaba that uh, now they will be able to go back to uh, to Masjid al-Haram and uh, the, the, the Qibla of the Muslims at that time already. Uh, as we know that uh, the, the beginning, the, uh, the Qibla was uh, uh, Al-Quds or the Masjid Aqsa and uh, later on in the second year of the Hijrah, uh, the, the, the Qibla was changed from Masjid al-Aqsa to Masjid al-Haram. And this is what Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam really wanted to have. And Allah Azza wa Jal uh, chose uh, Kaaba or Masjid al-Haram as the, uh, as the Qibla for the Muslims. Uh, so now uh, the Muslims have not been to uh, Kaaba yet and performed the Ibadah there. But uh, after all these uh, ghazawat that happened uh, from the time of the, of the Hijrah until, uh, until the sixth year of the Hijrah when uh, Ghazwat al-Bani Mustalaq also happened and a few other uh, battles, Muslims had the upper hand now. The Rasulullah clearly had the upper hand over the, uh, 
uh, or the Meccans. Now, uh, at the same time, now the 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 Yahud or the the Jews of the Khaybar, they were trying to make an alliance with the with the Meccans now to uh, attack Medina. At this time, uh, Allah Azza wa Jal. Uh, commanded Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam to go to Mecca and perform the Umrah there. Uh, or this dream was shown uh, to, to go towards Mecca. Not necessarily the command was to be the Umrah to be done this year, but the action had to be done. Now, uh, Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he, uh, uh, he took the, the Ahram and the Sahaba took the Ahram and the animals of the uh, for the, that are needed for the sacrifice as a sacrifice for the Umrah, which is called Hadi, uh, and they they took that along. And the Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam was leaving Medina. One of the wives of Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam, radiyallahu anha, she uh, she was with Rasulullah sallallahu uh, And when Rasulullah was leaving Mecca, as usual, uh, Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam left uh, uh, one of the Sahaba as the as the ruler behind him in Medina. Uh, there, uh, there are different reports. One of them says Numaila bin Abdullah al-Laythi was uh, left behind, and the other one says that uh, Abdullah ibn Umm Maktoum was left behind as the ruler in Medina. Either way, one of the Sahaba were left behind also, uh, in Medina to, uh, to take care of the affairs of the Medina, which is, in reality, we're talking about Medina was the, uh, was the capital. Of, uh, of, the, of the Islamic State at that time. So uh, uh, there were about, and there variations of reports that talk about either there were 1400 or 1500 or 1700. So uh, in general, most of them talk about about 1400 Sahaba went with Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam to perform the Umrah. Uh, the, uh, the, and there's some of the, the, the Bedouins, the one who were weak in their Iman uh, they made different excuses and they stayed behind. But uh, Rasulullah and Sahaba, they did not uh, take any weapons. Uh, uh, when we say no weapon, uh, sword was considered as one of the things that uh, you would carry as a normal uh, uh, weapon that you have. It's not necessarily that you are going to a war just with the sword. So uh, they had the swords, but they were sheathed, meaning they were not open in the air. So, uh, because the intention of Rasulullah sallallahu and the Sahaba at that point was not going for the battlefield. They were going there to perform Umrah. Now, uh, as uh, Rasulullah sallallahu and Sahaba, they were approaching towards Mecca and they, uh, they reached, a, reached a place called the uh, Hulifa. And the uh, Hulifa, he ordered the Sahaba to prepare the animal for the sacrifice, meaning uh, the hadi to be not necessarily to, to store, uh, do the sacrifices there, but rather you put the qilada for the smaller, uh, uh, like on, on, the, on, the, on the goats and the sheep. And when it comes to the camel, you mark the camel on the, uh, uh, what do you call the, uh, the, the, the hunch of the, uh, or the camel's hump. You, you mark it, you cut it and mark it for that it is going to be uh, slaughtered or, or sacrificed for the Umrah. So there was a sign open for the Meccans also that Sahaba and Rasulullah uh, were coming for, uh, to, to, to the Haram for one sole purpose, which was to perform Umrah and, uh, and nothing else. So uh, when... Uh, 
Rasulullah Sahaba when they were at Darul Hulayfa. Now uh, Rasulullah also sent uh, one of the you want to call it observer or a spy to be ahead of Rasulullah to get the news regarding uh, what is happening, how the Meccans are going to to behave. Uh, it's not that Rasulullah is going to go uh, in a way that uh, he is just uh, going towards a Mecca and hoping that everything will be fine because just because they're going for the Umrah. Uh, we should not be naive. And Rasulullah was not acting like as if the Meccans will be welcoming them just because they came for the, for the Umrah. Now you are, we are all, we forget everything that had happened in the past. So Rasulullah was prepared for that. And this is why he used to send an observer to go uh, be ahead of the, the rest of the, uh, the people who were with Rasulullah to get the news what is happening ahead of them. And uh, uh, then uh, the, the person he brought back the news to Rasulullah that uh, the, the Quraysh, they have dispatched uh, 200 horsemen with, uh, who were led by Khalid bin Walid. Uh, and Khalid bin Walid, he was not a Muslim at that time. Uh, he actually became a Muslim uh, not too long after uh, after the Treaty of Hudaybiyah that we are we are discussing today. But at that time, he was not a Muslim, and uh, uh, he he went there. He came uh, came to fight with the Muslims actually to stop them uh, to enter into Mecca. And this is what the the Quraysh uh, decided that they were going to stop Rasulullah and the Sahaba. Now. Uh, when uh, Rasulullah found out, and they were not too far from each other, uh, Khalid bin Walid uh, and his people, they saw Rasulullah and Sahaba, they were praying to Dhuhr, and they thought of it, they, they, they watched them praying, and then later on they thought of it, that was a good time for them to go and attack Rasulullah and Sahaba, and uh, finish them off while they were busy in prayer. So they waited for Salatul Asr, but by then Allah Azza wa Jal actually revealed the ayat regarding Salatul Khawf. Salatul Khawf is a kind of a salah. I mean, it's a, it's a prayer, but uh, during the fear times, when you are in a battlefield, uh, there are uh, there are methods which are given for uh, to, for the prayer of the fear. Uh, the, when, when you are in the state of a fear, how you can pray? Uh, there are two different ways of uh, uh, prayers. One is uh, one of the rakah you you pray with the, uh, with the Imam or Rasulullah in that case, and uh, the other, uh, other half of the, the army prays with them, and the other half uh, just defend uh, the, the Muslims. While Horsaka is then, they will move forward, and the Imam, in that case, continues his prayer, but the other half will come back and pray with them and uh, finish up the, the one raka with the Imam and finish it up and then move forward, and then the one who have done only one raka, they come back. And also, Salatul Khawf can be done in the state when the, the situation is too uh, problematic and uh, you cannot even do that kind of situation, then you pray while you are riding. But anyway, this is a fiqh issue and uh, not necessarily uh, we need to discuss it here. I just want to bring it up so we know that it was revealed at that time. Now, uh, uh, now the Muslims, Rasulullah uh, so did not want to fight with uh, Khalid bin Walid and, uh, uh, and, and the 200 horsemen he came along with. So he asked for somebody who can guide Rasulullah and the Sahaba in a way that they will avoid, uh, avoid Khalid bin Walid. And uh, uh, one of the guys, he took Rasulullah and Sahaba from a very tough, rocky, rugged uh, uh, path. And they, they were able to escape Khalid bin Walid's uh, uh, horsemen. Now, when Khalid saw that, that they escaped from there and they took another path, 
even though he was at the main uh, uh, road that takes uh, uh, that, that that goes out of the, uh, the 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 Mecca, which is basically for the caravans to move out of the Mecca. So now, uh, when Khalid saw that uh, Muslims have escaped from him, then he ran back to the Quraysh to let them know what uh, what has happened. Now, uh, uh, the, the Muslims they they avoided that uh, the incident, but now they reached a spot which is called Thaniyatul uh, Marar. And Rasulullah's camel, uh, Qaswa, which Rasulullah was on, it just stopped and it was not moving. And at that time, Rasulullah said that uh, uh, this, uh, the, this camel is not moving because it is stopped by, uh, by Allah Azza wa the one who stopped the, the, the field or the, uh, or the elephants when the elephants were going to attack the Kaaba as well. But uh, later on, Rasulullah, uh, the, the camel moved and Rasulullah uh, and Sahaba, they moved to the another spot which is called Al Hudaybiyah, and uh, uh, next to a well, and uh, they stationed over there. Now Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam stationed there, and uh, uh, they uh, he was waiting for the Quraysh basically to now to come up with something or to have make a deal with Rasulullah either make them do uh, the Umrah now or make an agreement or make a treaty with Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Now, because Rasulullah sallallahu reached to Hudaybiyah now, at this point, uh, at this point, the Quraysh, they, uh, they sent uh, uh, some of the envoy to meet Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam or the, the, uh, the Safir. Uh, the first one that came to meet Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam was Budail bin Waraqa al-Khuzai. Now, uh, Banu Khuza'a, remember that this tribe is the one who was allied with Bani Hashim and it was still had a soft spot for Rasulullah as well. So when Budayl bin Warafa came to meet Rasulullah and he came along with his, uh, some of his people along with him and, uh, and he came to ask uh, uh, Rasulullah uh, the reason of his coming to, to Mecca. And Rasulullah's reply was very clear that he was not there for war. And he said like this, I have no other design, meaning he is not here for, uh, for anything but to perform Umrah. And he said, but to, uh, 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 now the, he said, let the Quraysh know about this. Okay. Now, should the Quraysh embrace the new religion as, uh, as some people have done, they are most welcome. But if they stand in my way or debar the Muslims from pilgrimage, I will surely fight them to the last man. And Allah's order must be fulfilled. Now, so Rasulullah was very clear that he is there for Umrah and uh, he will not, uh, uh, he's not here, here for the fighting or any, uh, any reason. So uh, Budayl bin Waraqa, he went back to Quraysh and he exactly reported back as is. Then it was uh, another person was sent to uh, Rasulullah because Quraysh were not satisfied with the response that they got from uh, Budayl. So now they said Merkaz bin Hafs. And uh, now he came to meet Rasulullah sallallahu He was a he was a treacherous man. And uh, but Rasulullah sallallahu gave him the exact same message, and he took the message back to the Quraysh. After uh, uh, after that, the Quraysh sent a couple of more uh, um, envoys to meet Rasulullah sallallahu or ambassadors to meet Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam. They sent Al Hulais bin Al Qama. Al Hulais bin Al Qama. Uh, who came to meet Rasulullah sallallahu he was from Bani, uh, Bani, Qina, Bani Kinana. And uh, Rasulullah sallallahu uh, was aware of the Bani Kinana and, uh, 
uh, and al-Hulaysh also, that these people were, uh, they, they, were they, they give a lot of respect to the hadi. Hadi is, are those animals that you sacrifice during the hajj and the umrah. So uh, they, they, uh, asked the Sahaba to uh, let all the animals that they have brought for the hadi uh, stand up. They had the qilada, which is qilada is a, like a garland that you put around the uh, goats and the sheep. And uh, uh, as I mentioned, for the for, for, for the for the camels, you you mark the camels uh, hump, uh, uh, you 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 cut it so you can mark it that it is for the hadi. Now, when uh, Al Hulais he saw that uh, the hadi was prepared and the Sahaba was. Uh, uh, very anxious to perform the Umrah and Rasulullah himself and the Sahaba they went forward to welcome Al-Hulais so Al-Hulais was very uh, very pleased to see Rasulullah and Sahaba the way they, they treated, treated him and the, the environment that he saw among Rasulullah and Sahaba and the, the devotion that he saw among them so now uh, he went back to Quraysh and he said that the only purpose that they are here for is this. And uh, not only that, he said that, that, he, uh, that he warned them against debarring Muhammad Wasallam and his companion for, uh, for, for, for doing this honorable action of visiting the Kaaba. Uh, and now uh, this kind of a backfire on the Quraysh that the person they sent to kind of a preventing Rasulullah Wasallam to perform the Umrah, he became, uh, in a sense, the one who, uh, who's speaking in favor of Sallallahu and Sahaba that they should be allowed to perform the Umrah. Uh, and after that, uh, the Quraysh, now they send Urwa bin Masoud, a taqafi uh, to negotiate with Rasulullah so, uh, uh, And when, uh, when Urwa came, uh, he, was, uh, uh, he came to talk to Rasulullah and while he was talking to Rasulullah he made a strange kind of a statement to Rasulullah when he saw that Rasulullah is adamant about performing the Umrah. So he goes, Muhammad have you gathered around yourself mixed people and then uh, brought them against your kith and kin in order to destroy them? By Allah, I think I see you deserted by these people tomorrow. Now, uh, there's an interesting thing here because uh, Muslims uh, were, uh, they, they were Muslims from very different tribes and uh, different colors. Even some of them were, uh, they had different languages. That's different. They were speaking Arabic because they are living there. But uh, uh, they were from different parts. Uh, even some of them were from different parts of the world outside of the uh, Jazeera al-Arab or the Arabian Peninsula. And because of that, he looked at Rasulullah <coughs> and the Sahaba and he said, these who have gathered all sorts of people, they're mixed people. They're not the one who will be fighting for the cause of uh, that they normally fought for, which is the tribal fights and for, for, for one family or uh, one, one kind of people. So he saw different people. So he could not comprehend this idea of that the, the thing that was uniting the Muslim, Muslims was, was the aqidah of Islam. La ilaha illallah Muhammad Rasulullah. And that's the key thing. That unites the ummah and the, and still until today, even though Muslim ummah have been divided in many ways by, uh, by many trickeries that have happened, and the point that was supposed to unite the ummah, which was the uh, one Amir on top of the Muslims who ruled by Islam, that had been taken away, and today uh, Muslims are following uh, uh, nation state theories, and uh, they, they they feel more proud to be 
belonging to a, a specific part of the world or specific nation or specific uh, race and all those things, which is, uh, which is not from Islam. We have discussed this in the past as well. It is absolutely uh, a thought which is alien to Islam and Islam rejects it outrightly. And uh, the, 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 this, is, this is why he could not comprehend that either Allah. And he said this to Rasulullah Now Abu Bakr Siddiq radiallahu anh, he was, uh, he was uh, looking at Urwa uh, when he said this. And he made a statement, uh, Abu Bakr Siddiq radiallahu anh, he made a statement of Umsus al-Badr al-Lat. Now, this is a very uh, bad speech. Uh, uh, it sounds kind of a very uh, uh, bad kalimat. Uh, but, uh, 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 which means, actually, if I translate that, uh, into English, it means uh, it says Umsus Badr Allah means the Gosak, the private part of Allah. Allah was a female god of the, the Quraysh. Now, uh, when he said that, Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam was present there. Right? Rasulullah Sallallahu was present. And we know there are three kinds of ahadith. Which is uh, when we talk about the Sunnah of Rasulullah Sallallahu that uh, uh, the actions of Rasulullah Sallallahu his uh, sayings, and if Rasulullah Sallallahu saw an action and he approved of it, meaning he did not stop or prevent anybody to uh, uh, to for, for, from that action, then the action becomes part of the Sunnah of Rasulullah Sallallahu Meaning here in this case, when Abu Bakr said this. Uh, so Allah Sassan did not uh, prevent him or did not say anything uh, to Abu Bakr that why he said this. And that was happening during this discussion when, uh, when uh, Urwa bin Mas'ud was talking to Rasulullah Sallallahu and Abu Bakr is the one who replied to Urwa here. So uh, there are cases where uh, this kind of a language can be allowed in Islam. Sometimes we think of it that uh, as if no matter what the situation is, we have to be soft-spoken, we have to be nice and all those things. But uh, the different uh, situations uh, require different kind of actions or even the wordings that, that, that can be used here. Uh, in general, we know that that uh, 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 the dirty language or the bad words or cursing and all those things are not allowed in Islam. But this is a different situation and that situation, Rasulullah wasallam allowed it. So we, we should not forget that. And this, this hadith about Sulaiman Hudaybiyah uh, and these words specifically are from uh, Sahih al-Bukhari. So that, that can be uh, looked up. Anybody's interested can, can find that in Sahih al-Bukhari. Now, after that, Urwa uh, uh, was also doing uh, some strange thing when he was talking to Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. He was repeatedly reaching, uh, uh, reaching his hand toward Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam's beard. And Al-Mughira bin Shu'bah was uh, also watching him. And whenever he was reaching out towards the beard of Rasulullah wasallam, he, uh, he used to hit him, uh, hit his hand. Uh, and Urwa uh, was actually uh, the uncle of Al-Mughira bin Shu'bah. And uh, he actually did a favor to Al-Mughira bin Shu'bah. At one, one time in the, in, in, during the Jahiliyyah, uh, he, uh, he, he killed his companions and he's the one, his uncle is the one, Urwa, uh, who actually, uh, actually uh, defended him and supported him in that difficult time that uh, Al-Mughira bin Shu'bah was going through. But regardless of that, uh, even though he had a favor uh, on the neck of Al-Mughira, 
but uh, reaching out to Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam the beard like this and disrespecting him that was uh, not acceptable for Mughira and he was defending Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam now when uh, Urwa uh, went back to the Quraysh after he saw uh, the behavior of the Sahaba and uh, how the Sahaba were taking care of Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam, how he was looked up to, and uh, he went back to Quraysh and he made a, uh, a statement, uh, and the statement was like this: that I have been to uh, the Khusro and Qaisar, meaning uh, and 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 Nijashi. These are the kings of Persian and. Uh, uh, the Roman and, and, and uh, Abyssinian empires and the kingdom. And he said, I have been there, but never have I seen a king among a people like Muhammad among his companions. If he performs his uh, wudu or ablution, that they do not let even the water fall on the ground. They are reaching out for the ground. Even if he is uh, spitting out something, they would not uh, uh, let that uh, 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 spread over Rasulullah to fall on the ground. Rather, they would take it and uh, rub it on the clothes. Uh, this is the kind of a respect Rasulullah had. And anything Rasulullah was asking for, right away they were uh, they were obeying it. And also they were lowering their voice. Now, uh, when Urwa was talking about this, about Rasulullah and the Sahaba, uh, a point to be taken is this. It's not the issue of just... Uh, when we say the Sahaba were acting like this, and uh, look, even today, uh, it goes back to, we are also obliged to follow Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam's commands, no matter uh, how comfortable we feel about the command because, uh, from Rasulullah sallallahu meaning uh, that that sunnah of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam actually is part of the wahi and we are obliged to follow it as well. So whether we are, uh, when we read this kind of stories about the Sahaba that they were behaving like that because they, they knew that, the, the, that they're following the wahi of whatever Rasulullah was commanding that is from him, from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Now, and we, we, we can see that in, in the times where Sahaba thought of it that this is not wahi and this is from uh, Rasulullah's uh, own choice that uh, they used to make sure from Rasulullah and ask him, uh, 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 the, uh, ask him if it is from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala or his own choice or at the moment they would know that this is uh, uh, this is wahi from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala then samayna wa ta'ana that we hear and we obey and that's the way we should look at whether we're talking about the Quran or the Sunnah of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam that whenever we look at the commands we should look at from that perspective okay now moving forward so now uh, the Quraysh they, they, they realize that that they could not, uh, they could not negotiate with Rasulullah to send him back. Now they tried to uh, muster a fight, so they wanted to uh, to, to somehow incite the uh, incite incite the, uh, the the battle with Rasulullah So they sent some people, some youngsters from Quraysh. One of the reports talk about eighty of them, and uh, to infiltrate into the camp of the Muslims and somehow start a fight. Now Muhammad Maslama. He was the, the chief of the chief guard of the Muslims, and uh, he went along with some Sahaba, and they were able to capture all of them. Now uh, they, they they captured them, but Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam he uh, he set them all free to 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 show to the the Meccans that we were that they were not there to fight, and they were there for one purpose, which was Umrah. And Allah Azza wa Jalla in Surah Fatha mentioned, 
عنكم وأيديكم عنهم ببطن مكة من بعد أن أظفركم عليهم وكان الله بما تعملون بصيرة لله سبحانه وتعالى and he it is who who has withheld their hands from you and your hands from them in the midst of the Mecca and after he had made you victors over the meaning the Sahabas Muslims had the upper hand they have already took them as captives but uh, Allah Azza wa Jalla did not want the Muslims to fight at that point and uh, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala held their hands back and they were not uh, uh, the kuffar, they were not able to, uh, to to incite some sort of a war between, with the Muslims and when the Muslims did have the upper hand Muslims also did not fight back with them so now uh, the, the, this whole thing was not moving forward and uh, the time was passing, Rasulullah stayed at the Hudaybiyah. And now Rasulullah wanted to send uh, an ambassador from him. So he uh, consulted with Umar al-Khattab and he wanted him to go uh, as an ambassador from Rasulullah on his behalf and talk to the Quraysh and tell him uh, the purpose of our coming there. Now, see, I just mentioned to you about how Sahaba used to really uh, obey anything Rasulullah said. Now, in this case, this was more of a, uh, it was not a command, it was more of a suggestion to Umar. And uh, now Umar uh, also did not just act like uh, 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 whatever the, the, the command is, meaning it's, uh, if it's not from the wahi, then uh, just you obey it. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, his, uh, his life actually shows us how to be even leader and to be led. Now, in this case, Umar al-Khattab, he told Rasulullah that that may not be, uh, they may, may be very dangerous for Umar to go to Mecca because uh, he did not have much of a family left from Bani Adi. And uh, he may not have people who would defend Umar al-Khattab in Mecca. As a matter of fact, uh, he had too many enemies in, in Mecca. Now, look, uh, Umar al-Khattab is the very same person that we have talked about that when he was making the hijrah, the uh, hijrah, he, uh, uh, he, he actually was the only one who went out and announced uh, in, in the Kaaba that he is making the hijrah. While in this case, the very same Umar is uh, telling Rasulullah that it may not be the right, the right choice. So it's not that Umar was not strong enough to go and fight with them and all those things. But see, the situation has to be understood here. Rasulullah is trying to prevent a war here and not to have a war because there is a whole uh, uh, planning going on if you, uh, as we can see in, in the later part of the, uh, the, today's uh, talk that how Rasulullah was uh, making this whole move of the Hudaybiyah in a way to pull the uh, Quraysh away from the Yahud of the Khaybar and uh, make, a, make a treaty in a way that Islam can spread to the other parts of the world and protect Muslims from uh, the, 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 the war that was happening with the, with the, with the Meccans. But anyways, so when Umar al-Khattab said this, and he also said that uh, Uthman bin Affan would be a better choice because uh, uh, Uthman bin Affan, he was from Banu Umayya, he was from the family of Abu Sufyan and uh, from the tribe of Abu Sufyan. So he said uh, Uthman would be a better choice because he belonged to a powerful family in the Mecca and uh, he, uh, if he goes, that, the, uh, that would be better from the Muslim side. So, so Allah agreed and he sent Uthman bin Affan. Uthman bin Affan went to Abu Sufyan the, and he also uh, met other, other chiefs of the, the Mecca over there. 
Now, when they uh, when he went there, Rasulullah gave him the instructions of that to tell them about our purpose, also invite them towards Islam. Okay, so second part was to invite them towards Islam, and third was to let the Muslims who are already in Mecca uh, let them know that uh, a, a victory is near for them, meaning the Mecca will become part of the Islamic State. Now, when Muhammad uh, bin Affan, he went there and he assured the, the Quraysh about the intention of the Muslims, that they are here, the Muslims were here only to visit the Kaaba for the Umrah, and uh, they just wanted to perform that and return back without any kind of a war or any kind of a battle. Now, the Quraysh, they still, because of their, uh, their pride, they did not want Rasulullah and Sahaba to perform Umrah, at least not this year. So they said to Uthman that, uh, that uh, if he wishes, he could perform the Umrah now. And Uthman uh, denied doing the Umrah without Rasulullah wasallam, And he denied that he would not perform it without Rasulullah But now uh, Uthman stayed there and his, his stay over there uh, got a little bit longer. Now, when the stay got a little longer, uh, the, a rumor spread among the Muslims that uh, Uthman bin Affan had been killed by, uh, by the Meccans. When now, when this rumor reached to the Muslims, Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he took a bay'ah. He took a bay'ah, uh, an allegiance from the, uh, from the Muslims. And the allegiance was on the death, to take the revenge of the death of Uthman bin Affan. Now, the first person who reached out to Rasulullah was Abu Sinan al-Asadi and Salam ibn al-Aqwa. So they uh, took the uh, all, all the people who came with Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, they, took the, uh, they gave the bayah to Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam and Rasulullah used his other hand as the hand of Uthman. There was only one person who did not give the bayah and he was a munafiq. And... Uh, <clears throat> Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala talks about the people who took the ba'ah and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentioned that Allah was pleased with them. In the Surah Fatha, Allah says, لَقَدْ رَضِيَ اللَّهُ عَنِ الْمُؤْمِنِينَ إِذْ يُبَايِعُونَكَ تَحْتَ الشَّجَرَةِ فَعَلِمَ مَا فِي قُلُوبِهِمْ فَأَنزَلَ سَكِينَةَ عَلَيْهِمْ وَثَابَهُمْ فَتَحًا قَرِيبًا Indeed, Allah was pleased with the, with the believers when they gave uh, the, the ba'ah. Uh, or the oath of allegiance to you, Muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam, under the tree. And many times, actually, when we read uh, when we read uh, the Surah uh, Hudaybiyah and the events around it, this bayah is or referred as the bayah to Ridwan also, and the bayah that was tahta shajar, that was the one that was taken under the tree. Uh, so now, when uh, Quraysh they found out that the Muslims are uh, determined. Uh, and, to, and they're, they're going to fight even to the last drop. Uh, uh, and uh, even though uh, Uthman came back now, so now the Quraysh realized that uh, we have to do something about the situation. Now, uh, they, after s- some more discussion among themselves, they actually themselves, they agreed upon, uh, upon doing a treaty with Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And uh, they they sent uh, uh, Suhail bin Amr to to talk to Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam. 
when uh, Suhail bin Amr came and uh, they started writing the treaty and the treaty's uh, wordings are important to remember inshallah because these are the very same uh, clause or the articles of the treaty that have been uh, misused as I mentioned to you in the past uh, in many cases uh, so pay attention to those uh, uh, article or clauses that were that, that, that were agreed upon and uh, those were um, there were five of them first one was the Muslims shall return this time and come back next year but they shall not stay in Mecca for more than three days so that's talking about next year not this year this year they will go back second thing was uh, they shall not come back uh, they shall not come back armed, but can bring with them swords only sheathed in, uh, uh, in scabbards, and these, they, 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 uh, these shall be kept in bags. Third one was, war activity shall be suspended for 10 years, during which both parties will live in full security and neither will raise a sword against the other. And of course, the allies of each one will be uh, uh, part of that automatically. So whoever was an ally of Rasulullah uh, they will be part of the, the treaty from the side of Rasulullah. And the ones who were the allies of the Quraysh, they will be on their side. And if any of them uh, break the treaty, then it will be broken from all. Now, uh, and, and then if anyone from the Quraysh goes over to Rasulullah, with the, uh, uh, meaning he becomes a Muslim, and he goes to Rasulullah, he should be sent back to Quraysh. But should, if anyone from Rasulullah's followers Return to Quraysh, meaning they leave uh, the, the bee and he comes back, he shall not be sent back. And uh, uh, the, the last one was who, uh, whoever wishes to join Rasulullah or enter into treaty with him should have the liberty to do so, and likewise, whosoever wishes to join Quraysh uh, uh, or enter into treaty with them should be uh, allowed to do so. Now, Banu Khuza'a, as, uh, as I was mentioning before, this is the tribe that became the ally with Rasulullah and the other tribes including Banu Bakr became the ally with the Quraysh. Now, when this whole uh, thing was, a treaty was going on, there's some, some of the incidents happened at that time as well. Just for the issue of completeness, I'll just mention that. So when they started writing, Bismillahirrahmanirrahim, uh, Rasulullah asked Ali bin Abi Talib, the one who was the uh, prescriber or the writer of that uh, treaty. Uh, he was told by Rasulullah to write Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim and for that Suhail bin Amr said that uh, we don't know what ar-Rahman ar-Rahim is so Bismillah Allahumma Bismik is the one that should be written or Bismillah uh, Bismillah. So they took out ar-Rahman ar-Rahim. Then uh, Rasulullah asked Ali to write that uh, this treaty is uh, between Rasulullah sallam, and so when Rasulullah mentioned Rasulullah so Suhail bin Amr's response was, if we agree on that you being the Prophet of Allah, uh, then we don't have any issues. That's the main thing. We don't believe that you are a Prophet. So uh, write Muhammad bin Abdullah. So Rasulullah told Ali to cross out Rasulullah. And Ali refused to cross that word out by his own hand. So uh, Rasulullah asked Ali to point him out and Rasulullah crossed it out by his own hand. So this was so one of the things that was happening. And while this treaty was not uh, still in the process of writing, they already agreed on uh, the points, but they were still writing. The son of the very same person who was making the treaty with Rasulullah on behalf of Quraysh, Suhail bin Amr, his son Abu Jandal shows up. Now Abu Jandal, he became a Muslim. Now uh, Suhail right away, he says that uh, uh, he should be returned back because of the treaty. 
And uh, Rasulullah sallallahu reminded him of it's not written yet, uh, signed yet. Uh, but he said that we agreed on that. And he was very angry and he was about to go away from this treaty. So Rasulullah sallallahu uh, told Abu Jandal to go back with, uh, with Fuhail bin Ahl, his father. Now upon that, uh, Abu Jandal was going very furious and he was saying that you, uh, why have you been returned to the Mushrikeen and they will force him to leave Islam and he was going on and on. And even Umar al-Khattab, radiyallahu an, he actually even offered his sword to uh, uh, Abu Jandal and told him to go and kill his own father. Abu Jandal did not do that, and he followed the instruction of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa and he went back with him, even though uh, that seemingly seemed like a very tough thing uh, for Abu Jandal and even for the Muslims to see that a Muslim, one of their brothers had been handed over to the mushrikeen at that time. Now, uh, uh, so that's one of the situations that happened. And after that, when the treaty was signed, Omar uh, al-Khattab, he was, and many other Sahaba, they were very uncomfortable, uh, some of them angry about this treaty because of two reasons, two main reasons. One was that they, are not, they were not able to perform the Umrah this year. They were very anxious, they were very happy that uh, they were going for the Umrah. And the second thing was uh, they felt the, them, the Muslims had the lower hand in this treaty from the perspective of that if somebody who becomes a Muslim from the, Quran, from, from the Mecca and goes to Medina, he will be returned back. But if somebody leaves, Rasulullah comes to Mecca, he will not be returned back. So they felt as if this was something uh, of uh, uh, Muslims who had the weaker, uh, weaker hand in the side. So Abu Khattab, he went to Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And uh, uh, he told him that uh, uh, about, about the treaty and he, he started asking him about why did we sign this treaty basically. And uh, he was saying, aren't we on, uh, aren't we on the truth? And he was saying that aren't the, uh, uh, the, the, the one who died from our end fighting them, they are in Jannah, the one who died from their end, they're in the hellfire. And the Rasulullah says, yes. And uh, 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 he continued with Rasulullah sallallahu back and forth about uh, why we are uh, why we have signed this treaty. So upon that, uh, Rasulullah sallallahu his response to Abu uh, to Umar was uh, very clear that he is the messenger of Allah and he will fi- he will follow what Allah has commanded. So that was showing that what Umar what Rasulullah sallallahu was doing was basically. Uh, uh, he was he was he was following the command of Allah Azza wa Jal, what Allah uh, uh, Allah ordered him to do. It was, it was not that Rasulullah was he came up with his own uh, desire uh, uh, the, the, this treaty that he was signing up. Second thing, uh, what Omar did after that when when he saw that Rasulullah uh, the response was uh, uh, not going in the favor that he was looking for. He went, uh, went to Abu Bakr Sadiq radiallahu an this time. Now, when he went to Abu Bakr, now Abu Bakr uh, gave him the similar response as what Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam gave. So now, uh, when, when this discussion with Abu Bakr was not a success for him, then uh, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala actually revealed an ayah for, uh, to Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam 
Uh, and Rasulullah sallam told uh, Umar bin Khattab radiyallahu anhu about this in Surah Al-Fatah Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says inna fathana laka fathan mubina verily we have given you O Muhammad a manifest victory a clear victory meaning this uh, this treaty or Rasul Hudaybiyah that we are talking about the treaty of Hudaybiyah there was a clear victory in the favor of the Muslims now upon hearing this Umar was uh, uh, was overjoyed and uh, and he greatly regretted this incident that happened with him with Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam. And he mentions that the rest of his life he continued to give charity, start fasting, uh, more, more fasting. Not started fasting, of course, uh, obligatory fast you do. Talking about the voluntary extra fast, extra charity he was giving, extra extra prayers he was doing because of that he felt bad about his attitude when he was talking to Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Now, so that's, uh, 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 after when, uh, so this is after, uh, there's a, actually there's another incident that happened prior to that, that because when you are, when you go for Umrah, and this is the hukum regarding that also, uh, uh, that when you go for Umrah and for whatsoever reason, you are not able to perform the Umrah, uh, then you, you slaughter the, uh, you sacrifice the hadi that you uh, come along with, uh, and you cut your hair either uh, completely or part of it. Uh, and uh, uh, so uh, Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam ordered the Sahaba at that time to uh, to do that. And Sahaba were under so much stress, uh, distress uh, because of this treaty that they were not feeling comfortable with that. And Rasulullah was telling them, and he was not; uh, they, they were not. Uh, they were, not, they were not listening to Rasulullah Sallam about this. And Rasulullah Sallam was very anxious about that. And he talked to Umm Salama, radiallahu anha. And Umm Salama, uh, the wife of Rasulullah Sallam, uh, told, uh, told him that uh, you go ahead and cut your hair and uh, 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 do the sacrifice. And when Rasulullah Sallam went out and he asked somebody to, to cut his, uh, shave his head, uh, and uh, uh, he started start, start his hadi. Uh, sahaba saw it and, uh, and everybody started doing the same uh, what Rasulullah was doing so that was kind of a, a push for the Sahaba that was done on the advice of uh, Umm Salam now after that Rasulullah went back to Medina and now uh, the, the things that we have to think about, a couple of things first I want to mention that the Sulah Hudaybiyah as I mentioned it has been used uh, in incorrect manner to, unfortunately, many times to uh, fool the Muslims. And uh, to fool the Muslims from the perspective of uh, there are peace treaties that are uh, that been signed among the, among the Yehud and the uh, so-called the, the, the Palestinians, the ones who, uh, uh, who are looking for um, losing the, the land that belongs to the Muslims only. And uh, uh, because there was the, the Palestine was the land of the Muslims, not uh, the land that belongs to the Yehud. The, uh, so they are they they use the very same treaty as Look, Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam had a lower hand here. That's why we should uh, also uh, agree upon these things. Or uh, same thing with the, uh, many of the uh, the wars that are happening in the Muslim lands, in which. Uh, uh, kuffar are attacking the Muslims and Muslim armies are helping them to uh, to kill the Muslims unfortunately and they use the very same treaty as as an evidence even though uh, this uh, treaty talks about completely opposite of that than this because when we are 
shedding the blood of the Muslims, uh, any non-Muslims, uh, any, of the, any human being unjustly, uh, uh, it is not allowed in Islam to do that. So, um, uh, and this, this treaty is actually talking about no matter what the situation is, no matter how many people around you, they agree with you or not agree with you, uh, you have to follow the command of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And that's what we see that even uh, Umar bin Khattab and many of the Sahaba along with Umar bin Khattab, uh, they did not like uh, the treaty. But Rasulullah continuously was reminding them that I am the messenger of Allah and I will follow what Allah has commanded. So meaning, no matter what the situation we are in, we still have to abide by the commands of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So this treaty cannot be used to make haram and halal, halal, uh, and halal haram. Rather, it is actually another uh, point that emphasizes that we have to follow the command of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala no matter what the situation is. Also, this uh, treaty has a lot of actually political uh, 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 action that was done by Rasulullah that we should learn from it. Like for example, Rasulullah when he made this treaty, there were so many ambassadors who were the leaders and the chiefs of of the, the Meccans, uh, of the different tribes, they came and visited Rasulullah and they saw that Rasulullah was on the right and the, and the Quraysh was on the wrong. So he, it was, he made a public opinion among the Arabs in general about uh, that uh, what the Quraysh was doing in general to, uh, was wrong, number one thing. Second, that treaty itself showed that Muslims had the upper hand, not the lower hand actually, because Quraysh were continuously trying to actually eradicate the Muslims. Now at this point, they were at the point that they had no other way, but they had to come up with a treaty. They had to have, make an agreement. That itself, actually, when you make treaty like this, you have recognized, the, uh, or, or the Quraysh in that case, they recognized Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam as, uh, as the head of the state in, 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 uh, in Medina. So they have accepted his authority. They have accepted meaning they recognized it, that he was, uh, he was a ruler and was a recognized ruler that they had to come up with some treaties and uh, these things. So when the Muslims in Palestine, for example, then they are making uh, those, uh, uh, unfortunately, the thing that they're trying to make, they are actually legitimizing uh, uh, the, the, the existence of the, the corrupt and, uh, uh, the, or the invasion of, of the Palestine uh, that, that's been done by, by, by the Jews in, in Palestine. So uh, those are invalid uh, treaties if they are making it uh, anyways, because uh, the, the, there is no uh, state that's making the treaties. There are some groups that are getting up and making treaties, unfortunately. Okay, uh, because the treaties are supposed to be done between the states, not individuals or the group of people, and they go make treaties with the states. Okay, uh, uh, also, uh, we, we learned something from the, this treaty is that uh, how uh, the, the, these political maneuvering, if you want to call it, are effective, they are also effective way of the da'wah. As uh, Sulaih Hudaybiya actually opened the door for the Muslims to take the da'wah from uh, now out of the Medina, because now they were prevented from the side of the Mecca for the next 10 years, at least the treaty was, that they will not fight with, uh, with each other for 10 years. So that, that Rasulullah got a lot of time now to spread the Islam to the rest of the world. As we will discuss next, uh, next week, inshallah, how Rasulullah started sending the letters to the different kings now to come into the folds of Islam. 
So that's a, uh, uh, another major lesson that we can learn out of it. And also in Surah Hudaybiyah, we can see that uh, how Rasulullah uh, uh, did not show to the Muslims the main uh, what, what was the end result of when they were going for the, uh, for the Umrah. Uh, by, by the way, there's one statement I forgot to mention about uh, Umar bin Khattab, just uh, so I don't slip it. Uh, when Umar bin Khattab came to Rasulullah, one of the things that he said told to Rasulullah was this, that uh, didn't you say to us that, uh, uh, that we will perform Umrah? Uh, uh, the Umrah said yes. So, but the Rasulullah said, did I say it will be this year? Uh, and Umar said no. So Rasulullah said, you will perform Umrah. So meaning that Rasulullah did not say that the Umrah will be performed this year. They were going for Umrah does not necessarily mean that they will perform Umrah. And they did do the Umrah later on. So just uh, uh, because this is something slipped out of my mind, I want to make sure that it is clear. Uh, and also right after Sulaih Hudaybiyah, within a year, some of the reports say a year, some of them say uh, uh, less than, uh, about less than two years. Seventh or eighth year of Hijrah because the Hudaybiyah happened in... Uh, uh, the the, the of the sixth year, which is the uh, the eleventh year, eleventh month of the of the year, almost end of the sixth year of the Hijrah. So, in the seventh year of the Hijrah or the eighth year of the Hijrah, there there, are, there is a difference of opinion in the historian. Three big major Sahaba from the Meccan side: Amr bin Al-As, Khalid bin Walid, uh, and Uthman bin Talha. They entered into folds of Islam, and all three of them came together and enter into folds of Islam. So that was, uh, if you want to call it, there was like a last blow for the, for the Meccans that even their uh, main, uh, the sons of, of the main, uh, sons of the leaders or the ones who are their near future leaders, they have also entered uh, into Islam as well. So uh, I'll uh, stop here, inshallah. And if uh, there is any questions or comments about uh, the subject that's discussed today, inshallah, I'll try to, uh, Thank you for listening to this podcast. Podcasts on current events, Islamic guidance, Quran, Tafsir, and Sirah are available at islampodcasts.com as well as on iTunes. Rate, review, and comment and let us know how we can grow in our knowledge to better serve our community. Please subscribe, share, and tell a friend about islampodcasts.com.